Mythos Network. Hello and welcome to the Goth and Nerd Music Podcast. I am your host, Chelsea Andrews. And I am your other host, Nick Kazina. And this week we have a very special treat that I'm going to let Nick introduce you to. <laughs> Just getting right into it, huh? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure what else to do. <laughs> I'm still getting used to starting off the episodes. <laughs> uh, so this week uh, we have one of my all-time favorite albums, because uh, I revisited this album a couple times before whenever I knew that this is what we were going to record. And I was like, holy shit, this album is amazing. Uh, like, I, like in the back of my mind, I always knew the album was amazing but like listening back to it i'm just like yeah it really is so we're doing protest the heroes debut album uh called kazaya um it is a concept album um it came out in 2005 slash 2006 it came out in 2005 in their native canada and came out in 2006 here in america um I, april 4th 2006 because apple music gives you the dates now um but uh it's a con like i said it's a concept album um it is four parts to it um it is from uh three different perspectives uh the first uh perspective is um from uh uh the so okay the premise of the story is it's uh about the execution of a woman named kazaya um so the first three songs are from the perspective of the priest who is giving her her last rites the next three is from um the prison guard who is part of the firing squad the next three is from Kazaya's point of view, and then the last song is just kind of like a finale. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I actually, I actually forgot that this was a concept album. I know you told it, said that to me last week, but I, I have the the memory of a goldfish, so I totally forgot. It's okay. <laughs> I should, I should expect it now because we've done what three concept albums on this podcast so far. So far, American Idiots. Because uh, Vaxxus Act 1 and now Kazaya, so yeah, 3. 3. And there's still another one to come. So. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here, Nick. <laughs> I might like concept albums <laughs> just a little bit. Um, but yeah, this album is kind of, it's amazing. Uh, whenever, like I said, whenever I was like reading through the lyrics and everything. So like I did the thing where I like I sat down and I actually listened to the album while reading the lyrics. And I was just like, oh my God, there's so many lyrics that Chelsea's going to love on this album. <laughs> Am I going to get called out again? No, I don't think so. It's okay. more poetic than that. Okay, that's yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's there's too much. I mean, I could be wrong. <laughs> if you would have been like, am I going to get called out when we listen to Vaxxus part one, uh, act one, I would have been like, no. And then you know 15 minutes later so yeah i'm just i'm just i've had a lot of the internet calling me out lately like so many memes so many so many memes just tiktoks just going right for the throat this week <laughs> it's true she sent me a meme before. <laughs> what was it <laughs> it was oh, wait i can look it up because it was like the last thing one of the last things we said to each other via text uh, uh okay so the the funny part of this is 
if you've listened to all the episodes, Chelsea said this almost verbatim <laughs> on an episode, which the it was a capture tweet, which is, I miss the old internet when we had something to say, uh, when you had something to say, you would just put a sad song, uh, some sad song lyrics up as your away message, and people would be like, oh no, what's going on? And you'd be like, nothing, don't worry about it. Yeah, that was definitely me in middle school and high school. I thought there was something... Oh, it was. And then there's that, like, I don't think young people realize just how hard it is for millennials of a certain age to refrain from posting song lyrics as cryptic emotional status updates. Also fair. <laughs> I I have actually been like, I, I have actually kind of like resorted to just posting songs on my Internet story or my not my Internet story, my Instagram story. <laughs> To do that instead, I don't know if people listen to it, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I look at your stories, but I don't usually have songs. So, but nine times out of ten, I recognize the song, so I already know what it sounds like. <laughs> well, I I mean, like sometimes, like I'll like add the song to the post, like to the story. I love I love that you have that option because sometimes posting pick like certain pictures, like just like the song, just adds to it. But um, sometimes when I just like share something from Spotify, I don't I don't add it, like add it to the post. It's just like play this on Spotify, and sometimes that takes. When people do that, I usually don't listen to it either. <laughs> like oh, that person's feeling something. Wonder what that is. Moving on. <laughs> Fair. Like that, that Loki. Yes, very sad. Now. <laughs> no, moving on. <clears throat> but yeah, um, so. The thing about this album is this is their day. De- like I said, this is their debut album. And this might not hit you until we listen to it, but they were 17 whenever they made this album. They were still in high school when they made this album. I remember you saying that last week. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I like, I, I really love like their newest album. The, as of time of recording Pamplist, I think is how you pronounce it. That's their newest album to date. Uh, I think they're working on stuff right now. Um, I love that album. That was the first one I loved since their album after this called Fortress, which is also a concept album, but what not one concept. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's not it's not a continuation of the first one. No, it's just- no. Um, like it's also in parts. Like the first part is like about Genghis Khan, and then like uh, I can't remember what the middle parts about, and then the last part is like about goddess worshiping and shit like that. That's that's a pretty far leap right there. I'm pretty sure the middle part kind of transitions. I just can't remember what the middle part is. They, they're also named. The parts in Fortress are named as opposed to this. They aren't really named. It's just kind of like, so, well, hold on. Let me see. I I, I, I did research. Yay. So <laughs> I, I, I did screenshots. So, uh, no, it, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, part one is called Prison Priest. Part two is called Prison Guard. Part three is called Kazaya. And then part four is Finale. Uh, like I said, f- part four is only one track. Um but I did also get more research on like the actual concept of what uh, Roddy uh, Walker, the lead singer and lyricist of Protest the Hero, says. So this is this is all him. I'm bringing it up into two because the two parts. You'll understand why. There are two ways to explain the concept behind Kazaya. The literal meaning of it and the deeper meaning behind it. The simple explanation is that you have three characters on the album who are all described a certain situation by their point of view, which is the execution of a woman. We chose a priest, a prison guard who's uh, the executioner, and the woman in question, Kazaya. 
They all have three songs to tell their story. In the first song, they paint a general picture. The second track explains how the character feels connect, uh, connected to Kazaya. And the third one is how they, uh, how is the third one is their view on the shooting of Kazaya. The last song on the album is us as a band into, uh, into the picture. Although the lyrics are written in a form that's Kazaya's last words. And then the other way is um, the deeper meaning of the concept is the gradual downfall of society. We tried to make the lyrics uh, timeless so the story could be uh, situated in any time period. There are also uh, there are also political and social cri- uh, critical messages in it. Not that we blatantly say that we hate Tony Blair or George Bush, but more in general comments on the fact that religion and power are getting more intertwined every day. The album is also about the responsibility that everyone has as a member of our uh, of our society. It's your civil duty to act whenever you need to. Was that interview also done when he was 17? I don't know. I don't know whenever that was that, that, that was made, but yeah. But the fact that he had the forethought when he was 17 to write that. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so you're in for something tonight, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, um, but like I said, this, this album is amazing and I, I love it. And uh, I found it haphazardly i was just on this was just hold on i'm gonna take a sip of my tea um so i was just um uh on youtube and this was right whenever youtube started making playlists of music and shock shock i was listening to coheed and there was a coheed adjacent playlist and protest the hero was on it and i was like who the 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 name is cool so i was like who is and then the it was the song spoils uh that's not on this album it's on um um fortress um so i started listening to fortress and then i went backwards because at that time it was fortress and kazai were the only two albums that they had out and then i went back and i listened to kazai and i was like holy fuck (laughs) <laughs> and then later found again later found out that um yeah they were 17 when they wrote this so uh it's kind of interesting that they're like their first album is like your favorite like that that was you know so good because sometimes bands like don't hit their stride until their second or third album so it's really it's really impressive that their first one was just like the one that stuck with you the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because after because the, they have it's Kazaya Fortress. Fuck uh, oh uh, I can't remember the Scalacious, I think is the next which didn't really click with me that much. There was like one song that I really really liked on it, which called Hair Trigger, um, and then Pacific Mystic, Volition. And then Pampless. No, Volition, Pacific Mystic. Pacific Mystic is actually um, a collection of all the stuff because they actually were one of the first bands to do a subscription service. So you could monthly, you could subscribe to them monthly and um, they would release stuff exclusively to you for a period of time. And then they put it all together and made a Pacific Mystic. Uh, Mystic. Um, they are also, uh, they have the record for the fastest um, volition. Their album is the fastest funded uh, album in the history of Indiegogo. Oh, that's really. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was funded in less than 12 hours. <laughs> wow. Full, yeah, fully funded in <laughs> less than 12 hours. What, what album, like what number album was that? For third. Third, Third. fourth, the fourth, that's fourth, fourth, yes. Yeah, and then like Pamplist is their newest one, which I really, I will, I will probably do that album because that's also kind of, it's not a story concept album, but it's a concept album because it's Canadian's perspective on America. 
So, because like a pam- what a pamphlet is, I, and I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing this incorrect. So, if I do the album, I'm going to have to make sure that I just beat it into my head how to pronounce uh, pronounce it. But it's whenever you take a a document and you erase it and reuse it. So they're talking about the Constitution in that situation. Um, but like every single song on it is about a different aspect of like American culture. Um, like they have stuff like in um, the, the 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 Canary. That song is about uh, Amelia Earhart. Um, the first song is about that migrant mother picture. If you've ever seen that, where like no one knew her name for like millions, it was during the Dust Bowl. Um, you've probably seen it, but um, it, 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 a picture of the migrant mother, and it was talking about like the her perspective, and like the one line is like, "No one needs to know my name" because it took fifty or sixty years before they found out what her name was, and she didn't want anyone to know her name. <laughs> I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like it was. It it, it it it's a really 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 good album, but like. Kaziah is still, it's a banger. So, are you ready? I am. Sorry for jumping right into it. Like I said, I'm I'm still learning how to to lead. It's okay. And I didn't want to be like, how are you? Well, I guess I should have done that. It's usually what I do. <laughs> yeah, that is usually what you do. <laughs> now that I'm just like, I didn't want to say, wait, no, that's usually what Nick says. Well, we could also pause it real quick, too, to, uh, <clears throat> so... I know we're what, uh, eight, eight episodes in, uh, and we haven't talked about it, but, uh, we also want to give credit to, uh, our good friend and Chelsea's roommate, uh, Courtney Miller for making our album art. Um, you've seen it. (laughs) You've seen it for weeks at this point, but it's new to us at this point. (laughs) Um, we had some temporary art for the first episode, but, uh, Courtney, uh, was able to get us something before. So, uh, that is the at glitter ghoul art in the credits. If you like her work, um, uh, uh, her, her stuff is very, very bright. Uh, as she said, uh, cause we were talking about it last night. She's like, I want my Instagram feed to hurt your eyes. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you want to check out her stuff, but yeah, give credit where, uh, credit is due. She did a fantastic job on our, uh, our album art. Yeah, she she really did. It was it was really hard to pick which one, and I actually thank Nick for picking the final, because I um <laughs> I, I purple is one of my favorite colors, and if not my favorite color, so when I was trying to choose the right shade of purple <laughs> for like the background, I was just like, this is too much pressure. I can't do this. I love all these purples equally. I, I made the comment to Courtney who I was just like, uh, she's like, just pick one, Nick. I was just like, well, I don't want a steamroller. I'm like, it's never going to get done if you don't do it. I'm like, okay, I'll pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that guy that's just like, no, I'm going to make the decision. Uh, to be fair, I picked like four different purples. Yes, I saw, for, yeah. For her to use. And I was just like, I, I like them all e- equally. So <laughs> Nick has to pick one. <laughs> So I did put that, I put that on you. I kind of figured it was going to come down to me, but I wasn't going to just like, I was going to let you try to pick first. Like I said, I didn't want to steamroll you and just be like, no, we're picking this. It was just like, I kind of figured I was going to have to make an executive decision, but I, I ended up picking the one with like a little bit of dimension because it had a little bit of black in it. So I, I thought it looked good, but I just knew that I wanted it to be, cause like our temporary art was done by my friend Eugene, who, um, did all my geeky nerd stuff and he just kind of went away like he's never failed me before if you're listening Jeaner, you know um but uh, he's never failed me before but he never got me like the final result so i i ended up doing some of the art the the text on our old one was for me um 
that was me going into affinity for like the third time and being like, how do, uh, <laughs> and I made it okay. But like, it was one of those things, like I, I sent it to Chelsea and she was just like, Oh, it looks really good. I'm like, yeah, I think so too. And then we saw Courtney's. I'm like, it looks like shit now. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I was really digging this album, Martin, until I saw Chelsea, uh, so until I saw Courtney's and I'm like, mm, not so much anymore. Yeah. I, Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. No, it's fine. I'm not a graphic artist. It's not like I took offense to it. I was just proud I was able to make something like serviceable. Like I said, that was the third time I've been into Affinity Photo. And that was still like a thing. I was just like, where does everything go? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll get into it. So, as always, the Gotham Nerd Music Podcast is a podcast of critical review. And we are using the materials of the band in question for critical um, music analysis, as always, in the notes. So it falls under fair use. So, uh, the first track we have is called No... Okay, so, just so we get the whole thing. So, the first three tracks, um, No Star, uh, no Stars Over Bethlehem, Heretics and Killers, Divinity Within. This is all from the Prison Priest point of view. And then we'll move on from there. I kind of, with the, with the whole Heretics and Killers thing, I kind of... That seems like something a priest would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that also reminds me of... Uh, I'm just not even going to say it. The word heretic. <laughs> I think I had a two. There we go. Oh, I also should mention this is progressive metal. I didn't mention that part. Glass disgrace. Mm-hmm. I love that. That would be a good screen name. <laughs> you really are a child of the internet. I am. I hate it here. <laughs> So there's a lot of biblical references in the priest's section, as you would assume. Um, And they do a really good job of weaving that in. So it also should be said that all of the characters other than Keziah all empathize with Keziah. They don't show any disdain to her. <laughs> the 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 line that made me go huh was so now we'll turn from wealth and the height of all our poverty mm-hmm. I 
So like their demo before this was just straight punk. So you can still hear a lot of that influence uh, in it. Uh, like they almost sound unrecognizable. I can't remember what it's called, but it, like it's like a five six track like demo kind of album, and um, you can hear a lot of that influence in like the progressive metal uh, that they betray, uh, bestow upon us. It's like that's a bad word, but yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it fits with the priest story bestow among upon yeah. us. <laughs> When did this album come out? 2006 in America. Okay. You weren't raving. I was not. I was not (laughs) raving. No, I wasn't raving. That was just a, that was a, that, that like last riff right there was a very like early 2000s riff, Mm -hmm. which is why I wanted to ask and make sure that I wasn't wrong about that. It was, they recorded it in 2004 and then, um. It was released in 2006 here in America, 2005 in, uh, in Canada. Um, it's actually funny because they did a 20-year anniversary where they played the entirety of Kaziah, as every band seems to do now. And um, and uh, they were saying, because it was the first time they played a lot of those songs in a very long time, and they were like, yeah, we could tell we were young because there's some really uncomfortable movements on the guitars. Because <laughs> what they ended up doing, because they were 17, they thought that they had to get everything perfect like there was no second takes in the studio so they said for three months straight every single day they would play the album in its entirety all the way through so they like they could do this album in their sleep and like they they, it was one of the like i said they were talking about like the movements on the neck and everything like i can't remember the guitarist name he was just saying like yeah they're real uncomfortable like i there's some stuff like it sounds good but like i have to go from the top of the fret to the bottom of the fret then back to the top of the fret and then in the middle fret and then back down the bottom it's like that's not a really efficient way to play live (laughs) (laughs) so what did you think of no stars over bethlehem i liked it I like I did I liked it I, I think it was a good intro song really it really does set the stage I think I'm gonna I, I think that his voice is gonna have to grow on me okay that was that was my only my only like like the only downside I heard like that just the tone of his voice I don't hate it like it's not like I promise it's not like dancing I, <laughs> I guess I just I, I guess I just wasn't expecting it to sound like that that's fair yeah. So uh, the next is uh, one of the singles from this album, which is called Heretics and Killers. Uh, again, we're still in the priest's part. I was looking forward to hearing this song because I, I just like. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Again, a lot of Christian imagery in this, especially this opening part. I like the I like the start of it. I like this a lot.
I like that in wine there's truth, but in silence there's surrender. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the ones that you thought that I would like? Yes. <laughs> the Jesus in the cave line gets stuck in my head all the time. all really deep for 17 year olds <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah yeah like i said you're gonna be kind of upset when you listen to it like i thought i thought that i was mature for my age at 17 but goddamn yeah I knew you'd like this part. (laughs) I like the sound of his voice a lot better on this song. I don't know what it was about that last one that I was just like, it seems to fit better with with this one, I guess. I don't know. I couldn't couldn't begin to describe to you what my brain thinks. Fair. I mean, it might have just you weren't like you weren't expecting it. No matter what it is, if you're not if you're if you think you're prepared for it and it's different from what you expect, and this is like general you and general everything, you're not going to like it immediately. Like that. Like the best example of that is like with food, because like if you're expecting a food to taste one way, no matter how delicious it is, it's going to take like four or five bites before you start to get the taste of the food and be like, oh yeah, this is actually really good. So. But yeah, so the thing about the priest is the priest's faith is being um, uh, tested. Shattered, tested and shattered. So pretty much this one of the overarching things themes about this album is also like the prison system and how it dehumanizes people. So the priest in this story is losing his faith because he's a prison priest. So like he sees what his faith is being turned into. So he's starting to lose his faith in seeing Kaziah, who we never know exactly why Kaziah is being sentenced to death. The general gist is because she's a woman. Because she's a woman and because she has slightly questionable morals, she's a little slutty. So, like, that's the reason why she's being put to death. So the priest is seeing, like, this... Uh, he's empathetic with Kaziah because, like, essentially he sees, like, this... Because you're also getting the impression Kaziah is a young woman, like, 18, 19 years old. And he sees this young woman and he has to help take her to like the, the makeshift Valley of death, I believe is the line in the next song. Um, and it, it just kind of ruining his whole perspective on his faith. That I can see that. And uh, like, honestly, and even, even like not knowing, you know, what, what her so so-called crime was, the whole, you know, just being a like being sentenced to death for being a woman with questionable morals. That's a that's a pretty that's a pretty hot take on on society as a whole. Wait till we get to Kaziah's part. 
Kazaya's part is uh, pretty damning of society, to be honest with you. Like, oh, they do a really great job of like, like you can also see this album as like so. The priest part, the first three songs are about faith and what society and ultimately capitalism does to faith and how it intertwines. And, you know, like there's a non-zero amount of people in this country that want this country to be a theocracy, which is terrifying. Uh, And then the next uh, part about the prison priest is he's a former soldier. So the only job he could get is being a prison priest and executing people because that's all he knows. So it's also an indictment of the military. And then Kazaya's part is about society as a whole. And they were 17. They were 17 whenever they were this. That just, that just, like, I'm going to be saying that for, like, a lot of this. Because, like, I, I just know how I was at 17. Like, I didn't really give a shit about society as a whole i mean i did but i didn't i was just kind of like man everything's fucked let's party at 17 so <laughs> which is like how i missed you know a lot of themes in like my music from back then like there's a lot of stuff in the event sevenfold episode that you pointed out and i was just like i had no idea <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of Christian imagery here. What? <laughs> or like when you mentioned the thing about like critical acclaim and I was like, you know, I never looked at it from like an actual political standpoint, even though that was what it was written for. Um, I was just like, oh, pretty sound make brain go burr. Did you listen to that again? <laughs> yeah, I did. And I totally see what you mean. By that. <laughs> <laughs> I had I, I meant to. I, I need to like listen to that again because I, I remember being very blatant. But I mean, I was. I, I mean, it was really. Okay, it really I was. I was just. Um, I was really young when that came out, and I just, you know, didn't care that much about politics back then because it didn't, you know. I mean, it, it did affect me, but I didn't know that it affected me so much. Well, I mean, you also grew up in an area where, like, ignorance of politics is kind of seen as, like, a badge of honor. Where it's just like, if you're apolitical, you're just like, I'm a good person because I'm apolitical. That's for all those. I was like, you really don't get it, do you? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, it took me a long time to, it, it admittedly took me a long time to drop that, that mindset until I started, like I'm, until I moved out of that place. Well, no, that's not true. It was, it was a little bit before I moved out, but it was definitely when I stopped hanging around Mm -hmm. and like expanded like my horizons that I was just kind of like oh yeah there's a reason why people are so passionate passionate is what I would probably use back then but like passionate is not really the thing now now it would be serious about politics because it literally is life or death for a lot of people literally everyone we know <laughs> myself yeah. I, I put myself in that now because i know i'm a jew so like my my existence is now political politicized as well just in case you were wondering we are recording this about a week after kanye had his anti-semitic rant and lost all of his money uh but it doesn't it doesn't hide the fact that like on the 405 i think it was in la that they there's like that bridge that like everyone has seen they there was a bunch of people who were hanging a sign off the 405 over cross saying honk if you agree with kanye uh, yeah i hate it here and i was just like oh cool that well, i mean that always affected me anyway as, as the, the second that jules came out of that mikvah it affected me i was like i might i was saying that to people it was just like before i converted i was just like i mean i'm probably gonna get it worse than anyone because i'm considered a race traitor so 
Now I'm now I'm not a race trader. I'm just a dirty Jew. So on to the next song. <laughs> so uh, the next song is called Divinity Divinity Within, which is this is the last part of the prison priests uh, section. So um, I think you will really like this one. I like the name of it. I like the names of most of these so far. Words words are pretty sometimes. Unless they're coming out of Kanye's mouth. Yes. <laughs> I told you if you like the Deedly Deedly, you're going to like this album. I do like the Deedly Deedly Deedly. That, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that sound that my mouth doesn't want to make right now. So this song is about the prison priest saying the prayers as he, as Kazai is being led to her death. So this is him losing his faith completely. Yes. Yeah. I watch my temple fall to pieces, divinity within. I watch my temple fall to pieces. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the first two sections end right before Kaziah is killed, and then we go to Kaziah's perspective. If I was a woman, Kaziah was going to be my Hebrew name, just to let you know that's how much I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was thinking that Kaziah is such a pretty name. It is a, it's a Hebrew name. It means uh, spice, uh, beautiful smell and spice or something like that. What are your final words when your crime's no longer absurd? Mm-hmm. Also, some good chugs in there for you. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you must have seen my face. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they do a good job of, like, this is, like, progressive metalcore. So, like, there's a lot of, the, there's a Dealy Dealies and the chugs. So you, you get, like, best of both worlds in this, and it works really, really well. I still, I, the, because of that, though, I'm waiting for the breakdowns, and the breakdowns don't come. Yeah, there's no breakdown. There's no no, no breakdowns there. That's where the progressive part comes in. And like I said, every 
the end of bo- the both pr- uh, parts before Kazai's stop, like right before she's getting it shot. So much so that there's a uh, an audio cue. Oh, and then piano. They do a lot of piano outros though. Protest the hero. I will. I'm. I'm not, I will never complain about piano and songs. I. I. Abs- I love. I love the piano. But again, remember, seventeen. They were seventeen, <laughs> and they had the forethought to do this. That's just absurd. <laughs> but yeah, there's an audio cue after the next part where it's like the guns like cocking, and then we go into Kazaya's part. So. So that is the end of the prison priest section. Now we move into the prison guards uh, part. Um, and uh, the next song is called Bury the Hatchet. And Bury the Hatchet is, I read the meaning of it, and I was like, oh, I never got that. So pretty much it's um, the prison guard in question was traumatized by being in war, and he couldn't only get a job in uh, being a prison guard. And then he found out he has to execute people. So burying the hatchet is like him thinking that he was done with that life. And then he gets drawn back into life. So more, more, uh, more commentary on the military Mm -hmm. industrial complex and the, and the effect it has on the people within it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So yeah, now, now we're into the prison guard section, like I said, and yeah, the song is called bury the hatchet. like the 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 more like the harsh vocals in that Mm -hmm. opening roddy does a very good job of using his voice as an instrument So the line is, and God of Sunday, uh, and God of Sunday school facades, and the paycheck to validate the time I served abroad. And the opening, the opening uh, uh, verse also is like a place for your justice in my palms, and I'll make a fist and punch it with your grimace face until every knuckle uh, breaks and bleeds in resistance to the sidewalk painting. This is this is so deep. <laughs> like <laughs> like talking about his time in the military. There's more of those early 2000s guitar riffs. Uh Uh-huh. 
then this next part is incredibly blatant. They're just like, they're, they're, there's no, there's no like subtlety. subtlety. It's just exactly what, what they're trying to get across, which I think that's where the 17 comes in, but it works really, really well. I really like the way he sang that the first time, like very like nonchalant, like mm-hmm. eh, I guess so, kind yeah. of like laissez-faire. That was almost a bleh. It was almost a bleh. Yes, <laughs> it was almost a bleh. <laughs> I, I I'm not expecting very many bleh, but I was. Uh, that <laughs> Whenever gave me, you get them, yeah that 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 made it that made it. That was almost a bleh, and it made me very happy. <laughs> so, no, I, I am... Yeah, hold on. My blanket fell on the ground. Um, so, what are your thoughts so far? We'll, we'll check it. <laughs> I really like it. Like, now now that I'm used to his voice, I don't know why it, like, threw me for such a loop on that first song. I think maybe... And it sounds silly now, because, you know, I keep harping on the fact that they were 17. But I, I guess I was expecting it to be deeper. <laughs> like, a deeper voice. Um like and more more aggressive like more harsh harsher vocals deeper voice so like i guess when he started singing and it was neither of those things i was kind of like oh this is this is this has thrown me for a loop i have a, i have to compute <laughs> i must compute but now that i'm used to it i really like it and i really am enjoying the lyrics and the 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 meaning behind them it's kind of just, oh, it's like one of those, like, oh, boy. Yeah, it's it's a heavy album. Uh, just a heads up, we got a lot of heavy albums coming up, everybody. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of respites there, but not a lot. <laughs> at least from my end, I know there's at least one other heavy album coming from me. And <laughs> I know what Juliana picked, and it is uh, very heavy. So... <laughs> I think I think the one Juliana picked might take the cake yeah. for the heaviest subject matter. Yes, no, it, it it most definitely will. Like to the point where she told me that I need to look up the lyrics, so I'm not surprised first. Yeah, which I still haven't done. Yeah, you. I remind you every to. week. I know. I'm I'm going to. <laughs> I was. I promise. And yeah, I I am still trying to figure out what my last two albums are. <laughs> I think I know at least the one that I'm going to announce today. But well, that's good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not to put you two on the spot or anything like that. I know. <laughs> so uh, the next song we have is called Nautical. I, I am pronouncing that right. Yes. Okay, Nautical. Mm. That's one of those words that I'm just like, that doesn't look right. It's like yacht. Like, this is actually a fun little story. Yeah. I got a te- I, I got a text from Raquel one day, and Raquel was like, "Nick, how do you pronounce yacht?" So I videotaped myself saying yacht, and I sent it to them, and they were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's fair. I do not blame them at all because if I was a, not an English speaker and I would see that, like, how do you get that? How? How does that, how do those letters make those sounds? They they do, they really don't, but <laughs> we, we just all agreed as a society that they, they, that's the sound that they make. Yeah. So, yeah, now we got nautical, which is, again, the second part of the prisoner, uh, prison guard. 
Ooh. I like that opening line. Oh, you'll like the way he delivers it too then. Chugs and DDDs together. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. So the line is the uh, the day that civil glory dismembered my civility. I could uh, could have parted the ribs and flesh like the di uh, a different kind of Red Sea. That's that's some that's some poetry right there. So this part is also talking about Kaziah, because uh, the, the line is uh, it's the closest thing that's uh, the closest thing to a fashion trend that's ever been uh, put on trial. So they're talking about Kaziah's trial, and it's how essentially how it's like a kangaroo court. Hmm. The treacherous use of reason. I can see what you mean by like her her crime just being basically just existing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that verse itself sums up America really, really well. So what happened to all of our children whenever the least of us passed on? Us who uh, th uh, f fought the monsters of our country's clouded, crowded closet. Us who dropped the bombs on goodness when we saw it wasn't flawless. Uh, us uh, whose useful life was hostage to what harm did. Us who fought the, uh, the hardest to be swept under the carpet. Yeah, that... that... Good goodness. <laughs> that especially that us who dropped the bombs on goodness when we saw it wasn't flawless. Like that line in itself is just like holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And we, we didn't but the last uh part of that song is and the still and I'm still a cigarette softly smoking on the edge of a metal ashtray. I beg to be uh, placed uh, to uh, wait. I beg this place to uh, let me burn. And I uh, and it whispers burn away. Because <laughs> it's also there's also double imagery, too, because Kaziah is being executed by a firing squad. Mm -hmm. And the tradition is that you get a blindfold, which plays a part in the next song and a cigarette. So there's also talking about like how he feels, but it's also imagery with what is traditionally thought of with a firing squad. I actually didn't know that you got, I mean, I knew you got a blindfold with a firing squad, but I didn't know about the cigarette. Yeah, that's, a, I don't know if that's apocryphal, but like usually whenever they show it like in movies and everything, but I'm pretty sure that they would give you like a last cigarette uh, if you wanted one, which has always seemed a little weird to me, but eh, whatever. I mean, 
Maybe maybe not so much now because we're all vapors. But <laughs> I could I could I could uh, I I probably would want one last hit of a vape before I died by firing squad. So I I guess I can see that. <laughs> Man, what a what a what an image that is actually. Like instead of you know getting a cigarette, just like a line of millennials taking one last hit of their vapes. Because uh-huh. <laughs> it's also like your your hands are tighter, so so someone has to do it for you. Uh huh. Which is even like a weirder thing because like you have no control over it, so you're probably gonna choke on it before you die. On top of that, yeah. There's only one state in the country where you, I'm pretty sure it's South Carolina where you can um, you can still choose to be executed by firing squad. I mean, I, I, I don't I would I think I would probably choose that if I had given the chance. Cause, I don't know. Lethal injection doesn't sound too fun either. Yeah, I mean, we say it's humane, but no one's told us if it's humane or not because they all died. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, there's also the fact that, like, maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't execute people in this country. That's an idea, too. We're, like, the only first world nation that does that. So. We're the, first, we're the only first world nation in all this. In a, a lot. Of in things. a lot of things, yeah. Yeah. yeah just, like, I, for a long time, I was, like, yeah, I, like, we should. Like, it's okay to execute, like, serial killers. Like, my thought process behind it was, like, yes, you can execute people that if they got out, like Ted Bundy, they would repeat. They would be repeated. Ted Bundy was a reinforcement of that. Um, if they Charles get out, Manson. Charles Manson, yeah. Like, all those people that, like, if they got out there, they were too much of a danger, uh, too much of a risk of them getting out. But, like, mm, that's not usually the people that are being executed. So, usually it's people of color in this country. So, again, reminder, we're both leftists, if you don't like it. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. I mean, you have a, a bisexual goth in a, in a Jew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> No, we're total, we're total. I can't even joke about it. I can't even joke when you say it. I really can't. I tried. <laughs> I'm going to take a sip of my water for even thinking that. So the next song we have is the last part of the prison guards uh, section, and it's called Blindfolds Aside. It's also one of the um, uh, singles that they had. They made a video for this one. Uh, and, oh boy. Uh this is, uh, again, like how every section ends before Kazaya's section. It ends with right before she's going to die. So this is the prison guard in the prison yard with the other people ready to execute them. Uh, ready to execute Kazaya. So like th- that's where we're at right now. Did you mean to rhyme that? No. <laughs> I, could, I could see you actively trying not to and then just going with it. Like, That's pretty deep. We woke up as men, but tonight, tonight we'll sleep like killers, yep. or sleep as killers. 
They don't have any choruses. No. I just noticed that. No, they don't. Not on this album. Actually, I don't think they ever really have choruses. Huh. This next line I love. Wow. To atone for a sin I didn't care for, but a sin that paid my debts, a sin that fed my children, that burned my smiles and cigarettes. So the bridge is no one ever said that home would be so beautiful. So coming back from abroad and then and no one said I had to pull the trigger on her. the solo <laughs> I figured you like the solo and I really like the dreaming intro to this part So the five soldiers forever sedated with the no one is responsible. That's because there's a tradition that there's usually five gunmen in a firing squad and one of them has a blank in them. So they can all have deniable cause that they weren't the ones who shot. Man. That's that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So they can all just like tell themselves that they weren't the one who killed the person. What? <laughs> what a nightmare that we live in. <laughs> Jesus. So this is also this last uh, verse is also the tr- uh, the fact that Kaziah dis- um, uh, denies having a blindfold. She wants to look them straight on whenever they're going to kill her. So that's what the blindfold aside is about. Good for her. <laughs> Fuck them. This is very much a I was just doing my job. Yeah. I mean, I guess the priest was too. Yeah. Like both of them are just like, I had to do this because it was... It was my job. (laughs) 
And again, it kind of does that nice, uh, the same thing as with the priest section. It kind of does like an outro. Like it's almost like a little mini uh, three uh, track album. I like that guitar part. Mm-hmm. Because like the last one they did pianos and now they're doing guitars. Because I feel like the piano is like kind of almost like the character of the, the priest and the guitar is kind of the character of the uh, the prison guard. Which makes sense. That that makes sense for their for their characters. Mm-hmm. I thought so too. Because when I when I think of priest, I don't really think of guitars. No, no, no. Unless I'm listening to Skillet. <laughs> and denying vaccinations work. <laughs> and telling telling a crowd of people that rock and roll has always been about patriotism. No, no, it is not. He said that at Blue Ridge. I believe that. After I'm like, I had just like got done watching Motionless and White set watching <laughs> to the song Thoughts and Prayers. And I was just like, hmm, John Cooper, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think you really know what you're talking about there, John Cooper. Yeah. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. So now that we've moved on to the prison, uh, from the prison guard section, thoughts? Uh, it, I, want to touch on more of like the like the just uh the just doing their job parts because mm-hmm. like people use that excuse to do really evil things and it's been going back for our, you know centuries probably uh oh yeah i mean or we from ta- the dawn of time we talked about that last week with uh the binality of evil with the nazis with blood angel like or bloody angel is it bloody angel or bloody, Bl- bloody angel bloody angel okay you're the avatar expert, not me. <laughs> I'm not wearing an avatar hoodie right now. <laughs> she is. But yeah. But no, yeah, like the, that's kind of the whole thing and the, the whole concept with like the prison guard where he thought that like the, the line that I think really, really sums up the entire section uh, part two of the prison guard, which is um, and no one said that home would be so beautiful and no one said that I would have to pull the trigger on her. Like it was one of those things that like, like it sums it up so well that like he he was fighting overseas and he got brought back home. And he thought he was done. But because he has been indoctrinated uh, pretty much into like violence, he can't get a job anywhere other than being a prison guard. So he but he thought that he was still going to be able to like not have to kill someone ever again. And here is this woman who did literally nothing except exist. And she he has to kill her. Fucked up, but with with plausible deniability. Yes, because of I, I, that is something because you know I I never really looked into you know that much into public executions or executions in general, at least not like modern day ones. Um, so I never knew that about the blanks yeah. in in someone's gun, and that's like really like that's a really weird. It's, a, it's really weird. They did it because uh, there were um, there was resistance from prison guards to do it. Like, no one wanted to do it. And the only way that they could convince people to do it. I wonder why they, <laughs> they had a hard time convincing people to do it. Because most people don't actually want to kill other people. <laughs> but that was the only way that they could do it is that, like, they were like, well, there's a blank. We're not going to tell you who has the blank. So you all have plausible deniability. You, you'll never know if you actually shot the person. That's that's just. That, I mean, it's smart. 
it's smart in like an evil genius kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I I think I'm mad about it in, in that way. Like, because it, it really is a smart way to manipulate people into killing people to like, just to think that they, you know, don't actually have blood on their hands, but they do, mm-hmm. but they'll never know that they do. And so, be- but because they'll never know if they do or, or not, then they can just, you know, keep doing it. And that's, that's a really gross manipulation tactic to get. Yeah. That's. It What's even weirder is that there was one person who was executed by firing squad, but it was, I think this only happened once or twice that they actually had an automated firing squad. So they just, they automated like five guns set up and then that that's what would, shoot the person but they still put a blank in one of them (laughs) yeah very very weird they they only did it like once or twice i think maybe it might have only been once but yeah they put a blank in there still that's why what's the point of that I, I don't know. I is mean, it what's for, the, is it for like the person pushing the button? I like, guess, but like, there's also four other chances that you're gonna, you know, do so. I mean, I I feel like there's one of those things that like if you're like the middle person in a firing squad, you don't have the blank. There's no way in goddamn hell you have the blank because you're the one that's like straight down the barrel. No pun intended. So like, <laughs> you definitely. So if you're in the middle, you definitely don't have the blank. But yeah, so. Firing squats. Fucked up. <sighs> I just don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I do. I just said it. But like, God damn it. I hate it here. Well, it's going to get a little worse. So <laughs> just sit back and relax, kind of. How can I relax? <laughs> so now we're moving into part three, which is Kazaya. So um, the first song in Kazaya's section is uh, She Who uh, Mars the Skin of Gods. Which I love. I, I knew you would love the <laughs> title of that. So this song is kind of like, it's kind of Kazaya's origin story and like kind of how like her mother was real shitty. And like it kind of is just establishing the whole concept of like women's value in society or lack thereof. So this opening line is Kazaya's mother. When we get to it. Oops. Sorry. I went back. That was blindfold aside again. <laughs> I was <laughs> gonna say this this kinda sounds familiar. Sorry. Now we're in now now it's the uh, she who mars the skin of gods. I was like, this sounds familiar too. I don't think this is the right song. The open line is still Kazaya's mother. That's the warmest of blankets is six feet of soil. That was one of the lines I'm like, Chelsea's gonna like that line.
chugs. I really like that that first line too. She wore perfume called Pride that smells a lot more like shame. Mm-hmm. The impression that you get is that Kazaya's mother is a sex worker, or at least was a sex worker at some point, and that uh, like maybe even like that's why Kazaya is like guilty by association. Went too far. So the line that was, it was the lonely gray of my father's eyes staring back at me in the mirror's frame. There's also a reference that uh, Kazaya's mother holds resentment because she looks like her father. So at this point, the mother, oh mother, I'm shaking while I write. This is Kazaya the night before her sentence or like her execution. Oh, you read ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the line is, uh, there's a letter waiting for me that I have yet to read because I know it's not from you and you're the only one I need. You're, uh, I'm tired and I'm cold, but uh, I want to go to bed, but there's uh, no one here uh, so we, uh, uh, to tuck me in so the shotgun will instead. Yeah, and the, the reason why I said, ah, because I was just like, Oh, she's like about to die and all she wants is her mom. Yeah. And that's really sad. <laughs> and her mother isn't there for her. Mhm. And then like like it's like she's sad and she wants her mom and then like her mom's not there to tuck her in and then she, she she's going to die the next day. So like the whole the shotgun will instead like jeez god. What the That's so sad. 17. Just a reminder, they were 17 when they read this. <laughs> I would like to I would like to know what kind of life they led before this because this I thought I had a hard life at 17 and I wasn't even I'm pretty sure they're all really well like interviews and everything. They're all really well adjusted. They're real goofy dudes and like I'm pretty sure they just like lived in like suburban Ontario. So like but they were able to come up with this story at 17. Maybe it's just maybe it's just being in Canada and being 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 Canadian and just being naturally more progressive because you live in Canada. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It might be. I mean, the the thing one of the things that I really like about Protest the Hero is their perspective on American culture because, like I said, I'm pretty sure they're from Ontario, so they're very close to America. I 
think it's like they're around Hamilton, which Hamilton, I think, is a border town. It's somewhere around there. And um, don't quote me on that. But uh, so like they're they're in, they, they get a ton of American culture just because they're so cool. But they have such a different perspective of it. Like that's what Pamplis is so much about is like it's a Cana- it's Canadians perspective on American culture. Like there's a one of the songs in um, on Pamplis is about like uh, Mount Rushmore. And like how we took that land from the uh, the Dakota Indians and everything, and like the fact that like Teddy Roosevelt is carved into the side of Mount Rushmore, but he was quoted as saying, "Is like I don't think uh, all uh, all Indian, oh good Indian, all of them are dead, but nine out of ten of them, I would agree." Some, I, I butchered the quote, but like roughly that's the quote is that like, cause like there was a saying that like the only good Indians, a good, uh, a dead Indian. He's like, I wouldn't agree with that, but I would say nine out of 10 times I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We like, <laughs> it really is like, like that, that meme that goes around that ca- Canadians are just like, it's for Canadians. It must be like living above a meth lab. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of. That's kind of like a soft, a soft uh, description of this. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess soft isn't the word I'm looking for, but loose, loose, I don't know, or on the head. I'm not quite sure what I'm saying, but you get it. I get you. <laughs> get I follow. <laughs> so next is my favorite song on the album. It is also the longest song on the album. Surprise, surprise, I like a long song. Uh, this song is called Turn Soonest to the Sea. Uh, this is pretty much an indictment of sexism in our society. So I'm very curious what you think as a woman. So, and it's it's blatant. It's very blatant. So I mean, so far, subtlety has not been their song's strong suit, which I'm fine. I'm totally fine with. Sometimes yeah. you just need to just in the face. Punch, she, uh, Chelsea punched her hand. Yeah. Sometimes I forget that you can't actually see what I'm doing. <laughs> Not a visual medium. No. Vesta is the, I think, the Greek goddess of sleep. So that's the reference there. So there's also um, uh, the line, the anatomy that defines more than a few of our gaping holes in our social fabric and how it defines more uh, than a few one night stands. I like the in the prison bars melted into wedding bands. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. That's that's in your face. Yeah, the line which uh, put some plastic in your tits. You look better as a blonde. 
So this the, the end of this next verse is very clever, and I didn't pick up on it until I was li- listening to this for the podcast. And I was like, how'd I miss that? is really clever we'll have to go back in because I, I want you to hear this part so you should see Chelsea's face right now everybody <laughs> <laughs> big yikes <laughs> The, the the line is in your flesh means more than you. Yeah. And boy, if that doesn't sum up being a woman, especially in America or, you know, an a, a, an AFAB person in America, I don't know what does. I don't want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so this next part is probably the closest uh, uh, closest you'll ever get to a chorus on this album for the most part. They've made a lot of references to uh, ribs. Yeah. Because biblical. Mm -hmm. When our greatest source of pride, a monument of dicks and ribs. The ge- and the gender crown we wore. Yeah. I love this part. I love this part so much. I listened to this at nausea when I first heard this album. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. I do like subtle lyrics that you know say uh, like have a big meaning. But I also this is like really in your face, uh-huh. <laughs> like to the point where yeah, I, I just like couldn't hide my face. My jaw dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, speaking of like I, I noticed that they made like a lot of references to ribs and, and to ribs and I get I got that it was like you know the Adam and Eve story 
Um, but I, it also kind of stuck out because I, I guess the new, the new insult to call women is like rib. Mm -hmm. Like, she's like, I've, I've seen like, you know, people, men, um, say like things like shut up rib Hmm. online. And I'm just like, wow, that's, that's actually kind of like. I think I would rather be called a cunt than <laughs> called a rib. Than called a rib. <laughs> so there was a lot to that that I I, yeah. I did want to talk about, and like I wanted I wanted to talk about a couple of lyrics, and then I really want to hear what Chelsea has to say because like you're the person that should be saying things, not me. I'm just going to like talk about like this is cool, but yeah, but like this song is very very blatantly about like sexism but the line that i did i wanted to talk about that um i thought was really really clever and um <clears throat> which was um when you were young and a modern 17 in vogue and vague pursuit of the of a cosmopolitan dream so the thing that i thought was very very clever is 17 vogue and cosmopolitan are all like quote unquote women's magazines that are kind of pointed to well vogue no teen vogue is the one that's like progressive but um they're all pointed towards putting these unnecessarily unrealistic standards on women's bodies so the fact that i didn't pick up on that until like this past week i'm a little ashamed <laughs> of but i thought was a really really clever way of like the indicting those uh those publications in how they're complacent like they're they're supposed to be for women but they're complacent in the subjugation of women well, I mean, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I haven't read those magazines since I was a a, a, a teen, which I, I did read them when I was a teen. Um, I'm pretty sure that they're all run by men. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't think I think Teen Vogue is run by a woman, which probably explains the reason why Teen Vogue <laughs> is is uh, fucking rocks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, most of them are run by men. So yeah, yeah, I did. I I mean, for a minute. When you were just like, oh, this next part is clever, uh, and, and it could just be like, just my brain being slow. It, it took until like he sang it that I was just like, oh, those are all magazines for for women and teens, mm -hmm. and they're all, at least when I was reading them, they're not, they're not good. I I mostly I mostly remember like the sex tips in Cosmo. And like I was like you know being like fourteen and like not knowing how that works and like I want to meet I want to make sure that I'm good so that I can please a man, and then like looking back on some of like the tips I'm just like who doesn't do that like <laughs> like, like like just like the one that the one that stands out the most was like make a noise like when like you know he starts like make a noise of like pleasure and i was just like you know not everyone does that isn't that like isn't it supposed to feel good like, it's just yeah that 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 one just sticks out like in my head and it has for years and i never thought that i would say it on a podcast but <laughs> here we are yeah but i mean like the the also the fact that like that that also reinforces the fact that like what's the like the one of the big things that people women pick up those magazines are the sex tips to please a man not your partner a man specifically yeah just a man yeah and like any man in general yeah so what are your thoughts on uh sir uh uh soon turn us to the sea yikes <laughs> 
in a good way. Like, I like the song. Don't get me wrong. I like the song. But boy, 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 especially for, I assume, a band full of young men. Boy, they got that right. <laughs> they got that right. Like, uh, oh, my God. Like, I... I like I can't even why why do I have to okay yeah that is how a mouse works remember earlier when I said I know how to mou- how to have mouse works <laughs> apparently I was lying <laughs> um let's see which was the one uh I like the prison bars melted into wedding bands that's that's pretty deep, especially considering that, like, for the longest time, like, w- like women were, like, society was designed for women to need a man mm-hmm. because, like, they couldn't work. They couldn't make their own money. And even if they did work and make their own money, they couldn't have their own bank account. Yeah. Until, what, the 70s? Something like that. Like, it was, the, it was the, the much. Late, the late 70s, It I was think? much sooner than it yeah. should have been. Yeah, I should know that off the top of my head, but it's just kind of one of those, like, gross facts that I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a woman couldn't get a mortgage until the 70s without, like, either their husband or their father's uh, signature. Yeah. It seems so weird to us because, like, we luckily were born post that. So it's just like a natural, like, of course, a woman can own a fucking house. But, like, it's just, it's very, it's very alarming that it just hasn't been that long. It's been 40, 50 years. And, like, like I, I mean, I'm still stuck on the fact that the 70s was 30 years ago, but <laughs> that is not true. Um, but that's what it, like it, it does feel that way in my brain, which mm-hmm. actually makes it worse. Yeah, it makes it so much worse. And that that whole prison bars melted into wedding bands really just highlights that because for so long, like you had to be married and you had to stay married just for basic necessities and it didn't matter how how you were treated you had no other options at all like not having a bank account not being able to buy a house i also assume that it was probably harder to rent Mm -hmm. um just yeah that's that's some that's some pretty uh deep with uh within like the evangelistic christians uh uh I guess culture, I should say, that's still a thing. Even if you're abused, like the, they see themselves as like the church's responsibility is to get the woman out of there. This is not universal. This is the best of them. And it's still not great. So when I say this is the best, there's a big asterisk next to it. Um, that they get the woman out of there and they get the man into quote unquote therapy. But the idea is to make sure they don't get divorced. That reconciliation the man, yes that they reconcile and that the man won't do it again which is like mm, if you're gonna do it once you're gonna keep doing it like it's that's just not how it and like that's still a thing because like it goes back to like you know you said that like 70s weren't that long ago we grew up in like an era where it's just like yeah a woman can't own a house but like this is still going on like quite a bit women are still prisoners in a lot of different like traditional marriages it's fucked up (laughs) yeah and even you know some like non-traditional marriages like it's just like 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 non-traditional like christian marriages or or i guess any kind like there are people who have no like religious affinity that are still stuck in those kinds of situations because they're just stuck and it's 
it is a lot of like society like not not everyone has a family to fall back on Mm -hmm. not everyone has a core group of friends to fall back on and like when you like you like let's say like you get married at like between like 18 and 20 something like 21 you don't know anything other than you know being married to your partner and having kids especially if they won't let you work yeah so, and I say let, like I say let, because like I I do know, I mean some people that choose to be stay at like stay at home, like choose to stay at home also like still don't have those skills. But yeah, it, it's it's even worse, you know, when your partner doesn't let you work, because then you literally usually have no options, especially if you don't have any family or friends, or and if your family is complacent yeah or if which is you know even worse like i couldn't i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine being like a family member and like knowing that that was you know happening and just being like well that's just how things are that's like how jesus wants it yeah that's how jesus wants it i don't think that's I, like i'm not i haven't read the bible or anything but i'm pretty sure that that's not what jesus wants <laughs> jesus was a pretty chill dude like yeah. that's that's the thing that i feel like most uh modern christians don't really uh, the evangel i should say evangelistic christian because there's there's plenty of like good christians out there um but like they they um jesus was a pretty chill dude um jesus was a socialist he was a socialist jew Sorry, he was. Uh, that just uh, that kind of comes with the territory. Uh, he was the one who, like you know, uh, was uh, smashing um, uh, capitalism in the temple because the temple needed to get out of his father's house, as he said. So um, they like to ignore that part. But yeah, there's a lot of parts that they like to ignore. Yeah, there, there's also the fact that like Jesus isn't an absolutist in in the Bible until you get to like very strong like major tenets that they fall back on in christianity like repeatedly um so uh, that sounds like a revisionist to me uh i I brought that up to people and they don't really know what to do whenever i'm just like yeah jesus wasn't he's not really an absolutist unless you're in like a certain situation like there's like these these parts that like the church as a whole uses it like as dogmatic law and, like, those are the only times he's an absolutist. Otherwise, he's pretty chill about stuff. But we're also talking about people who ignore the fact that he also said that, like, it is easier for to get a camel through the eye of the needle than a rich man into heaven. We've really, <laughs> really ignored that part. <laughs> There's also the whole, like, if you find yourself... Uh, uh, lusting after a woman without her consent, you should pluck your eyeballs out. I, yeah. I really wish that they would... They would they would listen to that part the most. That's one of my favorites. Well, that one was supposed to be interpreted as that's not on her. That's on you. Like, that's the idea behind it. Cause like slut shaming and everything. So like, cause that's a big thing. And, um, I just watched a TikTok on this. That's the reason why, uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name, but he's one of the, the, the good Christians. Cause he went on like a rant about how, like you shouldn't be slut shaming. Like if you lust after a woman because of what she's wearing, that's on you. That's not on her. Like that's not her responsibility sort of thing. Yeah, and I, I like that interpretation, but I also really like the literal <laughs> one. <laughs> pluck, pluck your fucking eyes out. <laughs> I'm maybe just a little salty. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I there was a there was a lyric that I did want to okay. touch on. Um, I think it was like the first one. Uh, oh wait, no, go back. <laughs> yeah, the we've made you all the peasants, and we've made ourselves the kings, our queens are still subordinate as 
an angel without wings. And then it goes to say, but we make it easy to belong, which means it's easy to be wrong. Put some plastic in your tits. You'd look better as a blonde. Like that whole, that whole verse is just such, so powerful. And I mean, so awful, but so true. Especially like the, the, the first line, the, the first two lines that we've made you all the peasants and we've made ourselves the kings like I, I think that speaks for itself I don't think I have to like really go into depth of why that you know hit me so close to home well I mean even the line the next line with our queens are all still subordinate as angels without wings it's even saying that like those who choose to belong are still captives in some way yeah uh, is there anything else you had it <laughs> i i'm gonna like scroll through them but i think i think we i think we've touched on on most of the the ones that i was just like ah. and then like you know i said earlier about the your flesh means more than you yeah the the line where he's uh wait uh scroll back up the the, the line i this always hit me like when it, the, the first time i heard it which was um so um, the, I'm just gonna read the whole bridge. Uh, so you lie. Uh, so when you ble- uh, bled on the bed, as you fed those expectations, as a whore, not a human, you embraced with hesitation the very parameters of what you could be. Not a mother, not an aunt, not a sister. That's not subdued because dignity is not physical, and your flesh means more than you. That whole fucking part, which is like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like, even as someone who has not been in that situation before, just like, wow, you really summed up, like, what it's like to be a woman, haven't you? As a 17-year-old boy. Yeah. (laughs) Why can't grown men get it? (laughs) But I think that's, I think that's, you know kind of what baffles me the most that a 17 like 17 year old boys mm-hmm. wrote these songs and grown ass men can't even you know uh some some most i'm sorry i'm gonna go with most most grown ass men can't get that and there's probably like maybe not so much with their fa- with their particular fans but like i can i can promise you that there is men out there that don't even grasp the gravity of this song and like what it means and still just still just exist (laughs) you sound so tired (laughs) it's fair as a woman you should be tired i mean and also the 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 fourth verse which is like this is something that I like I play for the women in my life all the time because I'm just like I feel like you can relate to this which is um and no one uh no we'll all wake up one day with a gun to the back of our brains uh you'll be uh asking for your rib and smile and I'll call you brave which that alone is just also incredibly patronizing like that sums up like male female relationships so well because it's there's a gun to the back of your head this hypothetical woman is asking for her rib back being, you know, the biblical thing. Cause uh, Adam, Eve was made from Adam's rib. Um, and he just smiles and call you brave. 
Like, it's so patronizing. <laughs> yeah, and that, that kind of, you know, reminds me of, like, the Me Too movement. Too. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you're so brave to share your story, mm-hmm. but I still don't believe you. Yeah. Or, or still, like... I don't either. I don't believe you or I'm still not going to try to actively change the way that things are. Yeah. And then the next line is maybe someday uh, when our bloody skulls have dried. So like even the patronizing line calling you brave, brave, they're saying that this hypothetical woman still shot the person to get their uh, get. I shouldn't say person, the man to get uh, his uh, her rib back. And um, knowing that our city is in ruins when our greatest source of pride a monument to dicks and ribs and the gender crown we wore under uh when underneath a plaque will read a plaque will read no woman no woman no woman no woman is a whore like <coughs> christ <laughs> yeah this is a this is a really really great song it's just it's it's a real. It's a really hard song. I, I'm. I'm very happy that it exists, though, and mm-hmm. I'm very happy that, you know, I'm glad it exists, and I'm glad that there are some people out there that think that way. And I mean, the the, it's getting. It is. It is, moderately getting better. But that also could just be because I surround myself with really great men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least with my friendships. <laughs> I'm still working on the other part, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like all of all, of, like I'm very, I count myself very lucky to have such great male friends, Nick included. Hey there. <laughs> so now we can move on. So this, uh, the next song is called "The Divine Suicide of K." So this is this is where Kaziah is finally killed. This is like her staring down the barrel and her actually. Dying. I see this as kind of her like cursing mm-hmm. those that are executing her. Or just the society that sentenced her. I do like the line turn tolerance into tire taboo. Yeah, I like that too. So this verse is going to sum up the entire album.
as you can assume, walking one last mile, this is her being brought to the prison yard. Oh. I think this is another one we're going to have to just go through and then talk about the lyrics after the song's yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. And to think I thought that this was going to be a break from the deeper subject. <laughs> you should know me better than that. I know, I should. <laughs> I also wasn't expecting Hail the Apocalypse to get so deep either. So. Fair. <laughs> That's just what music brings out. Add <laughs> my own blip. This last line, I fucking this was stuck in my head so much. I like how they have the female vocals mm -hmm. to sing this last part. I'm pretty sure there's an audio cue at the end of this, too. No, there isn't. Like, as I'm listening to the music, I'm just like, that familiarity is kicking in. I'm just like, nope. just a taking clock so we'll stop there but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that that is the end of Kazaya. Kazaya is dead by the end of the the that song so just to the the reason why i went oh um does can i take that uh where is it um oh uh, blindfolds aside, I'd probably still close my eyes and to try to feel a trembling fetal life inside the shot, that shotgun barrel that's about to make me bleed like an ulcer in the stomach of the beast. Does that mean that she was pregnant? I think it was, um, maybe she might've been. There's also, there's also the thought that, um, you could plead your belly, which is an old school way of, uh, trying to get out of 
being killed if you're uh, if you have a uterus. So I wasn't sure if that's if she was pregnant because that would make sense given the fact that like the, the nebulous reason that we think that she was put put to death is because she was a slut. Um, no other crime than that. Um, also, I should mention. Because uh, I mention this on Geeky Nerd all the time if it gets brought up. But, like, when I use the word slut, I never mean it degradingly. I always mean that as, like, a positive thing. So just to let everyone know, I, I, I'm not... The, 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 the make-believe character of Kaziah, I'm not condoning her in any way whatsoever. Uh, slut is... Uh, condemning. Uh, uh, condemning. Oh, yeah. Condoning. <laughs> condoning is a good word. <laughs> yeah. I'm not condemning because uh, um, uh, I in any way know. Slut for me is always a good thing. We are slut positive. Yes, we are a slut positive podcast. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I wasn't sure if that was like if she, yeah, they try to feel the trembling uh, fetal life inside. If that's actually like if she was or she was just hoping that maybe because, you know, she's being sentenced for being a slut that uh, maybe she was able to get pregnant and be able to plead her belly. Because that was a big thing in, like, England, like, around colonial times, like, whenever the New World was quote-unquote discovered. Um, if a woman w- did something that she was going to be hung for, she could plead her belly. And um, then she would usually just get um, shipped off to America <laughs> and not killed. Because um, that's what the British like to do with the colonies. They like, take the people that they didn't like. That That's how Australia started, everybody. But, yeah. There's also the line... Um, the line that I really, really like is it sums up um, the entirety of the album, which is because uh, my own are in a box locked up with possessions. I can't have like the gunman with his future and the prison's priest golden calf. So like the whole thing is like um, the prison guard. We didn't really touch on this, but like he doesn't know what his future is going to be. He, d- he just sees his, uh, his future is just more violence. And uh, the golden calf is like the priest talking about like the, the wrecking of his um, his faith, because for those you don't know, whenever the, the Israelites were in the desert after escaping Egypt, uh, Moses went atop Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights to talk to God. And the Israelites got very impatient and thought that he abandoned as well as Adonai abandoned them. So they started creating, a, they created a golden calf and made a feast to them. So it's a crumbling of their faith because the, the golden calf can be a representation of crumbling of faith very quickly. Um, so I thought that was a really clever way of summing everything up really well, but yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I, I did, I, I, I understood the reference, but I like the way you explained it. Cause like my brain was just kind of like, wow (laughs) there's like like so much information that i couldn't remember like how to put that like put that line to that story in that way and you did a really good job of explaining it so thank you (laughs) no problem (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like so this is the end of her and like the the fact that this song is titled the divine suicide of k I thought was very poignant because it's her like kind of accepting her fate and like the end of the last line in this um, song, which is uh, resurrected to be killed and maybe born again. Uh, I'll always be Kaziah as long as any hope remains. So it's pretty much saying that like, just because Kaziah was killed for like this ridiculous reason, it doesn't mean that there's no hope that things can't change. It seems pretty hopeless in this song <laughs> or this album. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, I know we have one more song left, but like, 
<laughs> and it, and it also like you know this was recorded in 2004 and it's still pretty prevalent so <laughs> yeah like roddy talked about how they're like we wanted to keep the lyrics timeless and like whenever i don't know when he gave that interview but like I don't think you really wanted these lyrics to be too timeless. And unfortunately they are because we're what this album's almost 20 years old. It's 18 years old and things haven't really changed. No, I mean, it's kind of, you know, the same thing as American idiot. Yeah. Like that was also 20, almost 20 years old and we're still, still here. I mean, the fact with like soon turn us to the sea the fact that you had such a reaction to that song being a 32-year-old woman or 31-year-old woman. You can say a 32. I'm basically 32 at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. But the fact that you, you know, you're you in your early 30s and you're just like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, and the, 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 again, they were 17 when they wrote this. We're just going to keep saying that. And the nothing's really changed. Things... In some places, things have gotten better, but then, like, you know, when we were talking about, like, you know, evangelistic Christian uh, culture, I would argue things have gotten worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I do have to, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that, it, like, right now, I mean, at least from, you know, maybe, like, 2008 until now, things have gone very downhill for being a woman like in 2008 2009 like there was you know there was like you know the little bit of hope for women and the gays that like things were going to get better and then just in the last several years not so much especially this year yeah <laughs> like you know abortion uh, like the supreme court struck down roe versus wade and then, like, you know, they they keep saying that gay marriage is next on the chopping block here in PA. I get I get these ads on YouTube all the time for one of our governor, governor, gu- gu- bu- 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 our Go- governor bu- candidate. Candid- Gubernatory. Gubernatory, yeah. Which is such, it's just, that doesn't sound like a real word. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like a real word. But yeah. one of our, our gu- like, candidates for governor is quoted saying that he doesn't think that gay marriage should be legal. And that's still that honestly, that still just blows my mind, because if you take religion out of it, there's no reason why two consenting adults should not be married. Yeah, I never really understood that because I've had like homophobic. I don't want to call them friends because then that like makes me sound like a shitty person. But like I've known people who are atheist and homophobic and I'm like, what are your basis? What actual basis do you have? The fact like in Christianity itself like the whole reason why uh, homosexuality is a sin is very, very thin because it comes from the Tanakh or okay, what we call the Tanakh, the Old Testament. It's not we, we can't call it the Old Testament because we don't have a New Testament. So, um, <laughs> But uh, it comes from Leviticus and it says thou shall not lie with mankind as you do womankind, which. OK, that's a little nebulous to begin with. But also, you shouldn't. That that's Leviticus also says you shouldn't have. You know, like polyester is a fucking sin. Uh, also, Leviticus also says that if someone is not doing well monetarily, that you uh, are forbidden from profiting off of them. Uh, you can only uh, you can only charge them for uh, cost. 
you you're not you get you can uh, uh you can just make it so you don't lose money you cannot profit off of them so there's a lot of things in Leviticus that they like to overlook I was gonna say they they just choose that one line mm-hmm. that one line that they're really gonna hold on to and and then if you like if you ask you know if you ask some event modern day Christians they'll be like. We don't we don't subscribe to the Old Testament. Everything that the Old Testament doesn't matter. But I'm like, well, yep. then why do you? Why <laughs> you're supposed? It's supposed to be if you are a Christian with Jesus's sacrifice and resurrection, it was supposed to create a new covenant. So the old covenant that you know the reason why I got my dick pricked uh, is null, null and void for Christians. So everything that is in the Old Testament is no longer. Null and void. It's, yeah, it's null and void. So you you can only look at Leviticus as like a cultural or historic, like as an Abrahamic religion, you can only look at it as like a cultural historical document. You can't look at it as a way to actually live your life. And one of the things that I found, because I've been to evangelistic churches, and one of the things that I find both creepy and interesting is that they do not talk about the New Testament very much. They talk about the Old Testament a lot more than they do the New Testament. They don't read from the gospel very often. They talk about, like the evangelist church I've been to, the the sermons were usually about the Old Testament. They weren't about the New Testament. So I think Jesus is a little too socialist for them in the New Testament. (laughs) So... But they, they pick and choose what they want. So it's it's always fucking weird to me whenever you hear people who are homophobic in that way. It's, I mean, it's weird that you're homophobic in general because, like, I mean, there's an argument to be made that the reason why it's even mentioned in Leviticus is because homosexuality was very at – the, at the time that we would assume Leviticus was written, homosexuality was very closely tied with goddess worship. So being monotheistic – the Jews are kind, of, and also the fact that like they were surrounded by pagans that were trying to kill them, they probably wanted to stay away from <laughs> stay away from that practice. So um, I, I shouldn't say pagans; I should say polytheists, because uh, pagans slightly different. Uh, not 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 to talk shit on my co-host's religion. <laughs> you don't have to. I would have. I would have. I would have. I would have uh, went with pagan. So fair. Let's let's kind of like a. At least, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, it's kind of like, you know, the umbrella term for a lot of things kind of like queer is yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Um, at least that's that's the way I see it. I know that, that there's probably lots of other pagans out there that do not see it that way, and that's fine. But that's the beauty of paganism is that you can... Kind of do your own thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that's that. That's the appeal. That's the appeal for a lot of people, including myself. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, I, I, I don't understand, especially, I, I, I don't understand homophobia at all in general. Um, but, you know, I, I get it from like an indoctrination standpoint from like, from like, from religion but yeah, atheists and agnostic people who are homophobic, I'm just like, why? Like, what does it matter? Like, penguins are gay. <laughs> Do you really hate the gay penguins too? Probably. That's fucked up. Have you ever seen a gay penguin? They are adorable. 
I mean, penguins in general are adorable. I know. So. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's what makes the gay ones cute because <laughs> they're just all adorable. But no, yeah, it's uh, this country in general, like in general, like we have a problem with Christianized atheists in this country. So uh, that is the term that Muslims and Jews use for uh, atheists that are uh, evangelistic. Uh, it's Christianized atheists because they're just taking the evangelism from their Christianity and taking putting, God out of it, taking God out of it and doing the same thing. I had, there was, um, one YouTube channel. I don't want to plug him cause I started watching him cause I watched one of his videos and I was, cause he, he used to be uh, an evangelistic, uh, evangelist. And I, I was, I watched like probably 20 of his videos and the more and more I watched them, the more and more I'm just like, you're just a christianized atheist dude like you're just taking because like the 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 point where i was just like okay i can't watch this dudes anymore is like he was showing one of those um shirts that it was just like you know it's just like i'm a i'm a car carrying gun blah, blah, blah. one of those shirts that like list a bunch of shit off and one of them one of the lines that said is islam is a lie and he was breaking down the shirt and he got to Islam is a lie. And he's like, yo, Islam is a lie. It's a religion. And I was just like, oh, do you realize what you just said? Because like, that's one of the problems with like Christianized atheism is that it really promotes a lot of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia because here's the thing, kids, and the two other Abrahamic religions, people don't really realize this. You can be an atheist and still be a Jew. You can be an atheist and still be a Muslim. You, Especially in Judaism, especially within Reform Judaism, believing in God is not a, a prerequisite for being a Jew and participating in temple and participating in like Jewish life. That's a very Christianized thing. And I was just like, whenever people say shit like that, I'm like, you don't really understand what you're saying. Like, that was a big thing whenever Roe v. Wade got turned over that was like really upsetting Juliana and me is that people kept saying religious, religious, religious. And it's like within Judaism, abortion is a right. Like our, I read, uh, I didn't get to see it, but our um, the rabbi that married us did a sermon on how important abortion is and how it is a right for we as Jews to stand up and fight for abortion. And like within Islam, abortion is considered a right up until 120 days because within Islam, they believe that that's when the soul comes in. But uh, uh, abortion is a right uh, throughout the entirety of the pregnancy if the mother's life is in danger. This is just a specific Christian point of view. Not to get too far into it. <laughs> Did you say two or Jew? Two, uh, <laughs> okay. not Jew. Okay, because for, for a minute there it did sound like you said to get too Jew, too Jew, too, yeah, my brain heard it differently, and it was it was funny in my brain, in my brain. That's fair. In my bread. Oh my god. Fun fact: within Judaism, it's not considered a meal without bread, so that still works out. <laughs> I'm, I am totally down with that. I love carbs. You have to have an olive-sized piece of bread for it to be considered a meal. That's I, actually yeah, like the hamotzi that uh, Rabbi Aaron did at the wedding. That is actually like that's the. The, the general Jewish um, uh, grace, for lack of a better term, but it's specifically for bread. <laughs> Fun fact, everybody. That yeah. explains why you have so much bread at your parties. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we got really off track there, but in a really important way. But it, it's still on. It's still within the, the, the confines of this album. Yes. So um, believe it or not, everyone, we still have one more track, <laughs> given the fact that we got off track. Um, but the last song we have is um, a plateful of our dead, 
which is kind of like this is supposed to be protest the hero as the band coming in and like kind of summarizing the album and the ending line on this is amazing i love the ending line of this so i just want to say the opening line is don't ever ask us to define our morals i'm pretty sure you did a really good job at doing that (laughs) and i don't mean that in a patronizing way it's true (laughs) And there's that punk influence. I love that line. If I had a gun, I would pump your ethics full of lead. Same. This is very, very punk. Yeah. This next line I fucking love so goddamn much. So the line is, I'd rather kill a stupid flower and spread its seeds around until our bo- uh, till a garden with our bullet-laden morals will be found. So that is like in reference to, like, again, going, I know you said not very hopeful, but going back to the last song, whenever, you know, uh, resurrected to be killed, but maybe born again, uh, I will uh, always be Kazaya. As long as I am Kazaya, the, the hope remains. Um, so like that's kind of when that, that's also if you've ever seen the album art for Kazaya, it's a flower. Uh, it's a, a, a red flower amongst white flowers. And um, it's uh, the, the idea is that like just because Kazaya was killed, it doesn't mean that the idea has not spread. It, it's kind of like ma- the, the whole martyr syndrome and everything. Like, you know, one of the reasons why I like some people are like, I'll kill that X, Y, Z person. I'm like, yeah, you're going to create a more, uh, a martyr. So like, let's not do that. But like, that's what they're saying in this is that like, she was killed for a stupid reason, but 
the hope remains. The 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 cause continues. I can see that. And honestly, if I if I would have heard this album in two thousand and four, I probably would have thought it. It was more hopeful. <laughs> uh, it's just you know hearing Wait. it twenty years later and it still applies makes it less hopeful. Well, you would have heard it in two thousand six. They wrote it in two thousand four. Yeah. Yeah. So if you would have heard in 2004, you would have probably been in the basement with them because they recorded this in a basement. <laughs> really? That's... Well, that's... Um, they recorded the demo in the basement and then they redid it. But yeah. But yeah, so that's Kazaya, one of my favorite albums of all time. I can see why. <laughs> really? Wait, I- I'm very curious on why you say that. Well, for one, it is a concept album. <laughs> Put me in a box, I say. <laughs> it's fair. I do it to myself. I do it to myself. How many concept albums are we doing this season? <clears throat> Three for me. <laughs> Three for me. And that's just this season? That's just this season, yes. It was the first season. The first season. <laughs> There'll be more where that comes from. <laughs> so, so it's a concept album. Too. It's a concept album that touches on uh, progressive values and political politics in a very poetic and well done way. So I can I can see and like the music itself is is still is really good. It's really good too. So I, I I see why you like this. I also like it. I just wasn't. I just. I, I guess I just wasn't prepared. <laughs> Especially for that one song. Um, uh, no stars over Bethlehem. The first one. No the the one about the one that we talked to talked about it like. Uh, like uh, soon to the soon turn us to the sea. Yeah, that one. That one was. That one was. That's the first time I've seen your jaw drop on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like I just looked it over and just Chelsea's jaw was just like what? <laughs> yeah, that one that was very, very <clears throat> in your face and amazing and heartbreaking all at once. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of you know that's also the kind of music that I like in your face, heartbreaking, true. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I definitely do see why you like this, and I know why you picked it. I'm glad you picked it because. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. I kind of forgot how heavy it was. And then, like, I listened. Like, it, well, it's heavy to begin with. It, well, it's heavy as progressive metal because progressive metal is not, like, like earth-shatteringly heavy. Um, but, like, I forgot how heavy the, the, um, the subject matter is. And, like, when we were sitting down, I'm like, oh, I might have made a mistake here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, if Chelsea's in the right mental state to be able to handle this right now. Um, but it, it seems like you did. So, but, like, overall, what do you think? I, I liked it. And I'm still, I'm still absolutely blown away that, I, that they were 17. I know, I know you, you warned me, but I was, I was kind of thinking like when you warned me last week that like, you're going to be like, you're going to be mad because they're 17. I thought that you were like, you meant that their talent, like they're just like an unequivocal talent for like playing their musicians was going to make me mad because they were so young. And not that they're not they're not that they're bad musicians by any means, but just like the depth of this album, like the story itself and like the political commentary on it for being seventeen is mind blowing 
like mind blowing to me mm. that they wrote that at seventeen. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's kind of how I feel about it too. Like that's one of the things I always tell people. Like usually I don't tell them this, tell them people that they were seventeen when they wrote this. I usually play it for them and I'm like, yeah, they were seventeen, and just like everyone. I believe when I first played it for Juliana, she literally was just like, oh fuck you, like. <laughs> Just like what they were saying, I'm like yeah, they were, yeah, like I they, they I think they're yeah they're a little younger than I am. I th- I think they're they're like in between you and I, uh, like age wise. They're in that five year gap. Yeah, I was gonna say I think they're older than I am yeah. because I was not seventeen in two thousand and four or six. Oh wait, or was I? Was. I? You were. I was. Tw- I was seventeen in two thousand. I turned eighteen in. 2004 so they're about my age actually so (laughs) but uh yeah i mean on that note you could since like you are their same age were you thinking stuff like this at 17 yes and no yeah like not not quite as deep Mm -hmm. but like yeah i wasn't thinking that deep uh not to toot my own horn, but I've always been left-leaning. I've never really been on, except for a couple years that I considered myself a libertarian, but that was only because I thought that that meant that it was liberal. Uh, <laughs> I will not lie to you. I heard libertarian, and I thought that meant it was, like, left-leaning. And then whenever I realized it wasn't, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I do, I, 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 I feel like just because I'm an American, I have some libertarian ideals, but I have, like, libertarian ideals in the way that, like, the rest of the world sees libertarianism. Like, you know, the government shouldn't invade your house, and you should have the freedom to be yourself. Those are the libertarian ideals I have, which are still fairly uh, leftist ideals. Uh but yeah, no, I've always been left-leaning, so I've always thought this way, um, or some equivocation of this way. Um, there were years whenever I was like a little more toxic. Toxic masculinity is a hell of a drug. I guess is a good way to put it. <laughs> um, but I, I made it through it, everybody. Um, you did. Yeah. <laughs> good job. <laughs> but uh, it, it's uh, so I was thinking like this because like I was I. I was always like listening to stuff like Raging Against Machine and Anti Flag and stuff like that. So I was kind of always there. And like the people I was around for the most part, like the people that I associated with, they all were kind of on that spectrum as well. I haven't kept up with some of them. I fear for what they believe in now, but uh, <laughs> I've always been pretty left leaning. So like, yes, I was thinking like that. Like I knew sexism, sexism was bad, but at the same time, at seventeen, I still believe that there were fundamental differences between men and women, like on a societal, which there is. Because of like, you know, women are socialized different than men. So there is there is difference. But I was, you know, I was still like, you know, the difference between men and women or <laughs> that kind of shit. Um, um, and I, I had a relationship that actually reinforced that because there were times where she would say things to me. And I'm like, that what? Like, I thought that wasn't real. I didn't think women actually thought like that. <laughs> I thought this was in the movies. I didn't realize that like you actually thought like that. Um, that was a weird time. But yeah, no, I, I, I did think like that, but I was not able to articulate it that well. And nor did I really understand like the prison system as it is right as it is like, you know, it's, you know, modern slavery in some way or in, a, uh, in one way or another. So. Yeah. And I, yeah. And that, you know, brings up, 
you know, a good point that like they had such a deep understanding of so many different issues that mm-hmm. they were able to articulate into a story and an album like that's that's really impressive. Yeah, I again, yeah, I'm still like, you know, I'm 36 at the time of this recording. I'm 36. I'm pretty sure I'll still be 36 when this episode comes out. Yes, I will. Yeah, it's not going to be that far. What am I talking you're, about? You're My yeah. birthday's in June. Yes, yeah. I know. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Just please excuse me. I was going to say, I, I know that I might not be 31 when this episode comes out, but you definitely will still be 36. Yes, I will still be 36, yeah. <laughs> dumb, 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 dumb. Because uh, my birthday is early January. Yes, yeah, I know. And at the time of recording, it is the beginning of November. Yes. So... <laughs> it's okay yeah. it's okay to have a little bit of the dumb yeah <laughs> i've had a lot of the dumb today it's okay <laughs> but uh yeah uh i forgot i fucking forgot my oh i was uh, i'm 36 and i'm still like this still holds up this is still like and you know we've talked about it and everything that like you know the the, the fact that uh soon turnest to the sea has not aged at all <laughs> is really really disconcerting yeah and I, I it there was like a brief moment in time that it could have maybe like not hit quite as home but definitely in like you know in recent years like the the backslide of all like any of like the minuscule amount of progress that we made I guess we can say during Obama, like, and I'm not, I, I know that Obama had his, his faults, <laughs> many of them. No one's not, perfect. Yeah. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying that at, at, at that moment in time, it was at least a little safer to be, you know, AFAB and gay. Maybe not, maybe just those two things. Yeah. And in, in, in all actuality, cause I, I was not nearly as, you know, politically minded in 2008 and 2009 because I was you know I was 17 18 19 years old so I just everything's fine we're fine we live in America America's great I mean I did have that mentality too because like I am uh I'm of the opinion that like things will be fine but big but it's going to be bad before it gets good. <laughs> sort of, and like we're seeing that right now. Like that, like all of the backsliding that you were talking about, that is a response from the right. That's a response from the right because they're losing, and they're they're, they're continu- like they they still are losing. Like they 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 know that. That's the reason why they keep uh, resulting in fear. That's why Trump exists. Why Trumpism is a thing is because fear is like the only way that conservatives can really gain any power in this country. Because if you were able to get to every single human being, like every single American that like disagrees with you, you probably could, I would say, convince the majority, not all of them. There's there's several that are way too indoctrinated. Like, we're talking about people who thought the J- JFK was going to come back like around this time last year and like reinstate, like come back from the dead and reinstate Donald Trump as president. 
there are people that are very far gone. But like, because JFK totally has that power, <laughs> even if he was still alive. Yeah, even if he was still alive, and also the fact that he was liberal um, <laughs> and Catholic. So you know, <laughs> I don't think he'd really be down with that exactly. But mm, whatever. Um, it, it's it, it's gotten to the point where it's just like. Because, like, uh, I, I talked about it last week where I was talking about, like, Bioshock uh, Infinite and, like, bi- you know, Bioshock Infinite is essentially about, like, xenophobia because, like, it, it takes place in this floating city called Columbia and the uh, Founding Fathers are religion. So, like, whenever you go to Columbia for the first time, you have to go through this elevator and you get put into a temple, a literal temple, and you walk through and people are, like, being baptized. It's this weird patriotic, like, it's even worse than, like, evangelism. Um, weird patriotic like American Christian religion and like when you walk out you're greeted by statues of uh, Jefferson Franklin uh, and Washington and underneath it it says like Father Franklin Father Jefferson Father Washington and like that's the religion and like there are people who think that here <laughs> like that was that that was not a parody like the, the look on Chelsea's face is pretty pretty distinct <laughs> One of these days, we might have to add a visual element to this podcast, but not not quite there yet. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, we have. I I do things. I do think things will get better, mainly because we millennials are so vast. There's so many of us like Gen X literally will never be in power. There's not enough of them. There's too many of us. That's why they're mad. Yeah. That's why they're mad. (laughs) And like most millennials are, you know, like some variation of AOC or summer Lee summer is a local politician. I should have shouldn't have said summer Lee because most people don't know who she is yet. She's probably going to win uh, and be, uh, be, be in Congress. Uh, I, I don't know. Is she, are you in her district? I yeah. Am. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we got, we got separated. We were in that district. Now we're in, uh, we're in Connor Lamb's district right now, but that's Chris Delugio because Connor Lamb thought it was a good idea to go up against Fetterman. Uh, but dummy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Big dummy. Uh, also Fetterman is amazing. Mm-hmm. This will come out after though I will still be 36 this will be coming out after the election so hopefully we'll not be crying because uh the 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 governor uh, candidate that uh Chelsea was talking about Doug Mastriano was literally at the January 6th insurrection so the fact that the Republicans put him up is very frightening but happy birthday to me yeah <laughs> my birthday is January 6th for the record so I, I felt very bad whenever that happened I was like, oh, your birthday's never going to be the same again. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's been a little hard. I mean, it was definitely hard to celebrate that day because it was, it was, you know, we saw, we, we I, I knew that was coming. So I, I did expect that to happen on my birthday. I was not, I was still shocked, but I was not surprised, mm-hmm. if, if that makes any sense. No, I was the same way. Unfortunately, but no, I, I do think things will get better. But again, I am a cis white head male. So like, eh. I don't know if I also believe things will get better just because like for my mental fortitude, I need things to get better. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I really hope things get better. There's a small part of me that is just like, maybe it won't, but I have to think that or else I just 
will cease to exist. <laughs> I, I always take solace in the fact that, like, if you look throughout history, the vast majority of the time, progress always wins. No matter how slow it is, no matter what people change, attitudes change, progress will always win. Like, conservative conservatism is doomed to begin with because you can't stand still. I mean, that's one of the things that, like, destroyed Sparta is because they were so fucking conservative that they just crumbled under the fact that they would not change with the times. Um, and we, we see bits of that in this country now where it's just like certain conservative values and everything are just not holding up to time. So it's like, uh. again, don't forget this is two leftists talking about music. So, <laughs> <laughs> and most, and most of our uh, musical tastes, at least recent, recently, um, cause I, I'm not going to count like Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> In, in, into this why not most, most of our most of our the music that we listen to is left leaning mm -hmm. still <laughs> yep like i like i mentioned earlier before uh, being at blue ridge rock festival and hearing john cooper of skillet say something about like how rock music has always been about patriotism and and god and i like nope. literally had just gotten out of a mosh pit for motionless and white for thoughts the, their songs thoughts and prayers like right before heading over to there and i was just like you're really you you don't listen to anybody else that's on this lineup do you no there's a little band called rage against the machine um them alone is enough and then you know like anti-flag uh, system of a down just like off the top of my head those are two bands and i'm just like no no I uh Green Day. Green Day that yeah. I mean like I was thinking of the the to, to go a little bit more like popular and yeah. mainstream. Well I mean Rage Against the Machine is popular and mainstream, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean it was making me think of the um uh the system line uh, from BYOB which is uh why don't presidents fight the war that why they always send the poor. I don't I don't think that's necessarily I mean to me that is patriotic because to me, patriotism means that like holding your country accountable. <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty sure the guy from Skillet who is on on his podcast telling people not to get vaccinated, I don't think he thinks that's the same kind of patriotism. No, he does not. So yeah, that's Kazaya. Any any closing thoughts after hearing Kazaya for the first time? I hate it here. <laughs> that's like the fourth time you said that to me today. That's like, I mean, that's my, that's my catchphrase at this point. <laughs> like, that's going to be, it's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that pretty, I, I do love the album. I, I really love the album. I just, I do wish that the subject matter had changed or not. The, you know, not the subject matter. I wish the subject matter wasn't prevalent still. You were hoping it would be dated. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to the day where it is dated. Mm -hmm. And like there there are some things that will probably never be dated, like, you know, war and and like, you know, things like that. But I would at least would at least like to get to the point where most the vast majority of the population sees women as people. That'd be cool. AFAB, AFAB people, or just all people as people. Because really, that's that's really what it comes down to. Like, all people are people. And 
the whole us versus them and the us versus the weird people. Like, I look forward to the day that, you know, that goes away. But then I've had friends that watch Star Trek bring this up that it's just like, well, yeah, humans get to the point where, you know, racism among humans doesn't exist anymore. And then we go to space Mm -hmm. and then we can be space racist there. I, I think that's probably the reason why I like Orville a little bit more because the, the like the tenet of Orville is uh, we all do better uh, when we all do better. Like I have that on like my Instagram and because like I I truly do believe that like when we all we all do better when we all do better. Like it's it's, it's very basic, unfortunately, very hard for people to get to get to that point. But yeah, there's always the what I'm gonna butcher this quote, but it's a H.P. Uh, Lovecraft quote, which is the. Um, the greatest fear, uh, uh, the greatest fear uh, humans have ever known is uh, is the unknown. That's a bu- I'm butchering that quote. I'm butchering that quote. He he said it much more eloquently, and then he probably followed it up with some sort of derogatory term to uh, Jews or black people. But it's still an eloquent quote. <laughs> Even a broken clock's right twice a day. But uh, but yeah. It's the unknown, and like that's one of the things that like the the, the they like to try to scare everyone with is the unknown. You don't know these people. Xenophobia is a very useful tool, unfortunately. And you know, and at the at the at the very end of the day, we all have a lot more in common than we have mm-hmm. differences. We're all human. We are We're all, all bleed. Human. Yeah, there's actually. Um, uh, <laughs> a country song actually that touches on that. Um, it's by uh, Colin Ray, and um, let me see if I can just pull up the lyrics real quick because it is it is pertinent to to this. Um, the song is called "If I Were You," and. Uh, Oh wait, no, it's not. If I were you, forget that. I can't, what's what the fucking song is it? I promise that it is pertinent to. Um, oh, here it is. It's called "Not That Different," and um, the chorus is. Um, he said, look behind your own soul and the person that you'll see just might remind you of me. I laugh. I love. I hope. I try. I hurt. I need. I fear. I cry. And I know you do the same things, too. So we're really not that different, me and you. And that always, always stuck out in my head. And I thought that it was pertinent to this conversation that we're having. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> And we now have country on the, the podcast. <laughs> I knew I'd get it. Well, no, I didn't know that I did get it on there somehow. But I guess it's not surprising that it was me. It's sure the hell not going to be me. I can tell you that much. There's only two people on this podcast. <laughs> I dread the day that we have a guest and they're like, I want to do Garth Brooks. I'm like, oh, do we? Uh... I would love that, honestly. I would not be. Uh, I would... <laughs> that would be Nick's most miserable episode. The only thing that would probably make me more miserable is if someone chose like jazz. And I'm just like, oh, fucking crap. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that big fan of jazz. Oh no, I. Uh, Although, it, if I if I know if I if I 
remember because it's not like I kept I've kept up with him. But I think Garth Brooks is pretty chill. I think he's a pretty chill country he is, singer. He is a he is a chill guy. That is true. I'm pretty sure he's like mostly retired at this point because he made like a fuck ton of money in the '90s. So well, and he just did like a, a like a reunion tour and like uh, sold okay. out sold out the PPG Paints Arena like four times. Oh wow! Yeah, fucking West Virginians, man. <laughs> Pittsburgh also really likes Garth Brooks. I know. I'm I'm well aware of the when country comes to town. It's like a fucking Steelers game, but worse. Uh, <laughs> fucking Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney, not so chill. Garth Brooks, pretty chill. Good to know. As far as I know. Like I said, it's not like I follow up with him at all. I just, I'll get a text tomorrow. I'm like, I followed up. He's still chill. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chelsea, what are we listening to next week? We are listening to, and I made this decision during this episode. <laughs> We are going to be listening to New Demons by Icy Stars. That was always on the list. It was always on the list, but there was there was another album that um I had I was trying to pick between the two and I'm not quite sure especially after my Avenged Sevenfold episode uh I don't know if I can get that deep on my personal life again. <laughs> Not this season, at least. Yeah, not this season. If it's the, if it's the, if it's the album, I think it is. I totally think you should do it, but I totally understand why you don't want to do it this season. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm actually a very private person, and especially with like talking about feelings and stuff, is very hard for me to do. So <laughs> I don't know if I can talk about my feelings again on this season. Safe space. Yeah. Safe space. I know it's a safe space, but it's still being posted on the internet. And I'm just like, oh, the internet doesn't need to know me like that. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so th- honestly, that is good because like that means we're going to have two weeks of like fun albums. So. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be some like lines on that song that. Um, New Demon specifically. Yeah. On yeah. New D- Yeah. <laughs> Hey. I'm I'm familiar. Oh. I I I have that album. I do like Icy Stars. So yeah, yeah. That um um da uh, that that particular song, New Demons, the title track, really uh, is a very like the opening couple lines are very emotional, and I I take them very much to heart for a lot of things so there there will be some personal things but not quite as quite as much as the other one and eventually you will find out what that album is i just don't know if it'll be this season that's completely fair we we chelsea and i had an off mic conversation about that and she told me that the album that i uh in question i was like you could do it, and I think you totally should do it, but I don't know if you should do it this season. Because, like, she explained to me why, and I'm just like, oh, no, you should totally do that, but I'm not going to ask you to put yourself through that emotional shit if you... Because, <laughs> I, I mean, especially given the fact that, like, Wake in the Fallen episode, I've listened to that a couple times now, and, um, yeah, got deep, and uh, you had no intention of getting deep. I could tell you that much. So. I did not, <laughs> but I, I just, I just couldn't help it because I, I, I don't know. It had been so long since I listened to that song, that album, and I, I, I did, I really did forget how much it meant to me. And you know, being twenty years old, 
like I don't remember exactly how I was feeling back then, like most of the time, but, you know, listening to important things from that time brought back a lot of memories. So I wasn't like, wasn't expecting to just feeling vomit all over it. It's completely fine. It was good podcasting. And I mean, as your friend, I felt like I got to know you better. So I'm completely fine with that. I mean, I understand if you're not fine with that, but I was completely fine with that. But I am, but I'm not. Like, that was actually one of the reasons, like by the time, well, I mean, the, the first episode has dropped at this the time of recording. Um, and like the whole like night before it dropped, I was just like, oh, people are going to know so much about me. <laughs> and it's I kind of podcasting. I though. know. <laughs> and I, I like, I don't mean it in like the weird need to be dark and mysterious kind of thing. I am just not a very feeling person. Like, I, I don't like, I just don't like to talk about my feelings. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> but it, it's still not something that I'm really comfortable with. So yeah, New Demons was the safer choice for me at this point there i mean the i'm i might be filling up to it in two weeks when we mm -hmm. record to do the other one but i am also going to look for other albums to do. <laughs> that's fair as your friend and co-host i support this 100 percent, but i also support why you don't want to do it this season so <laughs> i appreciate you <laughs> But no, New Demons is fun. It's a it's a good trance metal album. So, yeah, and I I honestly like especially like after after I think it was episode zero zero when we were both just like we miss trance metal. Mm -hmm. I I felt like I had to do a trance metal album, and that is the the first two or sec the 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 two main albums that I see stars did New Demons and Digital Renegade are i feel like they're kind of lesser like they don't get as much as attention as like other trance metal like, especially like asking alexandria um but they resonated with me more than like asking alexandria because i thought that they were both like a little bit more personal to me but i do love asking alexandria what is that what is their like big album stand up and scream yeah that one yeah i stand up and scream is the only one that like i really connected with uh, it was all downhill from there and like now they're doing like a country ask like esque like rock hard rocky sort of thing like there's no screaming and really no electronics in it it's like fucking weird yeah well i know i know danny warsnop did like i'm pretty sure like a whole country album oh yeah he did he did but then there's also like they that's also like translated to asking alexander a little bit too where it's like they they bailed on the promise of their premise sort of thing which i hate whenever bands do that like i think i brought them up before but like Def haven they're like they were a black and shoegaze band so it was black metal and shoegaze fucking unique as shit really really good like really really loved it and then like their most recent album like to the date of recording is just shoegaze so they took like this really unique thing that like they were the only ones doing and they were just like man eh, let's take away the metal part and i'm like fucking shit <laughs> i hate whenever bands do that yeah that's really upsetting yeah yeah, but yeah so next week yeah next week will be New Demons by Icy Stars, and I'm really excited because it it's been a long time since I've listened to this album. Same, I've only really listened to New Demons recently, like that that song because I really really love that song. It's such a good song. It's, yeah. It is a banger. Yeah, like that song fucks. It does. <laughs> 
It fucks and then goes back for seconds. Yeah, uh. <laughs> it really does. I saw I, I saw them live touring that album, and oh, that pit was crazy. Or that crowd, the pit and the crowd. But yeah, there was like there was like no one not moving in that crowd, and that was oh, that was all the way. I saw that at Altar Bar. Oh, which. God, that was like it was like a it was a decommissioned church, which there's there's a lot of venues like that around Pittsburgh. But this one actually went back to being a church. Hmm. I it didn't got, know that that's what happened to altar bar. Yeah. Because I saw misfits there. Yeah, it's a church again. That's weird. It is weird. It's funny. I'm very curious in the how you desanctify then re-sanctify a church. That's interesting to me. I think, like, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Catholic church, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't a church, and now it's some other kind of denomination. Like, I actually, uh, think I wonder if they don't need to resanctify then. Yeah, I think it. I think it. If I, I don't remember what the name of it is right now, but I remember driving past it and seeing like the name and kind of making a face because it sounds like one of those weird evangelical churches the new community of christ yeah something like that uh go go good rule of thumb people uh if it's not named after a saint it's probably creepy as fuck (laughs) (laughs) and that's also like if it's named after saint that's not like universal it's okay but like if it's not named after saint it's probably bad or or if it looks like uh, a stadium or an auditorium yeah Uh. but yeah next week new demons I see stars. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw that coming. <laughs> I mean, I did because you told me. <laughs> <laughs> and we did, we did talk about trans metal. Although I, I, I like, I feel like if, if people would have, uh, would have assumed that we were going to do trans metal, it probably would have been asking Alexandria. You only got really one album though. After that, the, the, every album after stand up and scream, it's like slowly takes away the trance part of the trans metal. There's also abandoned all ships who never abandoned <laughs> uh, the <laughs> trans metal aspect of their music, but hashtag bring back trans metal. <laughs> all right, well, that is the end of this episode. I hope you really liked it. I certainly did. Um, and that concludes this episode of the Gotham Nerd Podcast. Gotham Nerd Music Podcast. Why is that such such a mouthful? Um, And we are reminding you that there's no wrong way to enjoy music. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Modern Mythos Network.